0: These are the extraordinary tales of those who put everything on the line to succeed. This is The Adventures with me, Sam Cowan.
1: It made me get a lot of confidence, like when I finished to do Robin Allen, like I felt like there's nothing else which I couldn't do.
0: Arafat Gatabazi is an unlikely adventurer. He's only twenty years old, he's cheerful, he's upbeat. He's an intern at a web development company in Cape Town, and he looks like any good-looking up-and-coming 20-year-old. He's a swimmer, like me, but it's the only way he's like me. We met on Clifton Fourth Beach in Cape Town. We both love to swim there even though it's cold, and maybe especially because it's cold. And we sat on a towel in the howling wind, which you can probably hear in the interview, with our backs against the rocks and the waves crashing on the beach. We were like old friends. And while we chatted, I looked at him and thought, if you met him, you'd never guess he's seen more and done more in the past few years than most of us will do in a lifetime. And in fact, for most of his life, it's been an adventure, but not one he chose for himself.
1: Uh, I was born in the DRC Congo, and that's where I grew up. (laughs) in the village called Ruchuru.
0: And why are you here now?
1: Um, I left my country because of the war which broke out in the DRC in 2012 between the rebels of M23 and the government.
0: He and his family had spent years moving from village to village to avoid the fighting. But three years ago, in one night, everything changed. Armed gunmen stormed his home and all the houses around them.
1: They came in at night and we went out through the front door so you know they came in night. like we could hear them like knocking the door and then we knew this is happening because it happened even before it wasn't the first time they could come and do terrible stuff take everything in the house beat us up and yeah so that time it was so bad it was like not like it was before and. Who knew maybe they were going to take us boys to go and join the army, the rebels, so decided to make a survival plan and yeah.
0: Arafat and his sister ran one way, his mother ran the other. He told me the gunman chased all the parents in the village, and he has never seen his mother again. He has no idea where she is. The abandoned siblings had no one to turn to, except an aunt who'd escaped to Cape Town and was staying in a place of refuge. She told them to get here however they could, so with no other choice, that's what they did, and they walked for over a month.
1: The worst part, like, for me now, which I still remember, is when we got in Zimbabwe, before we crossed to South Africa. There is, some people told us that they were going to help us, and we couldn't say no to any help, which were, like, coming to us, and they took us in a car and they took us to the place which we didn't know where it was and we found out that we were like in a place which looks like a desert and we stayed there for three to four days I think and we didn't have any food and even water to drink so we had to, like when it rains the water which, which drains for animals which they drink so sometimes we could drink some of that, <laughs> some of that and shower some of that as well and then we had to find our way out from that place so that we can get to South Africa.
0: When they got to Cape Town and got their refugee papers, they ended up in a home in Woodstock. Arafat says it wasn't a refuge. It was swapping one hell for another. He hated it. But there was a silver lining because he found swimming. He'd never done it before and it was love at first stroke.
1: It was like a big difference like from the life which I was used to. In, so the boys they have like drugs problem, and the first time when I got in, I was like, I never used to live in the life where people smoke or do things like this, but I had to adapt on it. And we had programs which we had to do like sometimes at the homestead, and swimming was one of them. So we used to go to Long Street to swim every Thursdays, and the training was led by a volunteer called Marion Wedner. And, like, when I started, it was actually my first time to swim in a pool. Really? Because, yeah, I never swam, like, in a pool before. So and you I, could,
0: like, stay afloat?
1: Like, I could stay where I could stand. Yeah. But yeah, like, because...
0: So you literally learned to swim? Yeah, like,
1: I when I look how people are doing something, I try to do the same, and I can manage to get along. And I don't know which video I watched. I don't know who was swimming, but they were swimming butterfly. And the next time when he went to swim, I tried to swim the butterfly. And the lady who was running the program, the swimming, she called me and then she started to show me how to swim butterfly.
0: Having never swum before, Arafat had caught the attention of a series of coaches who recognized he had a natural ability in the water and he was a very fast learner. But swimming in a pool is one thing. Swimming in the sea is quite another. And he'd never done that before.
1: Everything which I was doing, it was totally strange for me. When I started swimming, to swim like 25 meters, it was like a horrible fe- feeling like to feel. <laughs> it took me like almost a month to be able to swim 25 meters and then keep calm. And after like six... No. After like eight months of training, because I only started swimming in June 2013 and did my training with my coach Mike and went to the swimming club where I was swimming and I, I was never like in the sea all those training which I did until February I think 2014 that's when I came to do my, actually my coach told me that today we have a great session of swimming and I was like yes let's do it and then when I got to Sea Point, he put me on his motorbike. <laughs> he told me, no, we're going to Clifton. And I was like, where is Clifton? Because I never like yeah. came to Clifton. When he dropped me off, I saw a bunch of swimmers standing, like, wearing wetsuits. And others are, like, just with speedos. And then was like, yeah, this swim happens every first Sunday swim of the month. The one song. The water was 12 degrees. I can remember. <laughs> And when I swam and I got cold, but like my aim was to finish, I was swimming like zigzag, I didn't know where I was going and at the end of the swim I was very cold, I wasn't thinking proper. But like all the swimmers were like very friendly, they came to ask me, are you okay, are you alright? And I was like, yes I'm fine, but I wasn't. <laughs> yeah.
0: It didn't stop him though, the cold. It was a new challenge for a boy who had been thrown a lot of curveballs, and this was one he chose for himself. This was one he could control. He trained and trained and trained. And the prospect of swimming Robin Island came up, and he leapt at the chance. Swimming magazine calls the Robin Island to Bloberg swim one of the five toughest swims in the Southern Hemisphere. Although the distance is relatively short, it's only seven and a half kilometers of open water, the cold temperatures and changeable sea conditions mean it's only really suitable. This is according to the Cape Long Distance Swimming Association for the experienced swimmer. Arafat had been swimming for one year, but when he read about it, he was hooked.
1: So, like, for me... When I heard about Robin Island, I thought it was impossible. And then I did the research, I saw that a few people have done it. And I was like, oh, maybe I can also do it. Because we used to make a joke of it in the homestead. And the boys could say, oh, guys, you're just wasting your time, you can swim. And I was like, good, let me challenge myself and set this goal and see if I'm going to be able to accomplish it.
0: were basically swimming from a prison to the land because it's kind of it's a parallel when I first heard your story I made where you came from great conflict mm. to admittedly a strange land but a place where you felt safe
1: so like when like actually the first time when they told me that people swim from Robin Island because I loved reading books so that I can when I got here I couldn't speak English first of all and I was reading books to see if I can improve my English and I've I read like quite a few South African history books and that's when I found out like where Mandela was arrested in when I cannot remember the year, but that also made me to like if I can tell you now I never step on Robin Island except when I did my swim so, yeah. yeah so like that was so how can I say I wanted also to get there yeah
0: finally Arafat got his chance.
1: It was on the 23rd of May when they told me, Arafat, we're ready to go. And I was so excited, but when I got to Oceania, (laughs) that was the worst feeling ever. (laughs) I got in a boat, I was so nervous, and when we got to the island, it took me like 15 minutes to dress up, (laughs) because I was like so nervous and jumped in the water. What was the temperature? was like around 13. And the first when I got in the water was very cold and I had to sprint off so that I can get a bit warm <laughs> and swim through the calves, which was the worst feeling. and got to the island. I had to stand on the island so that I can start my swim yeah and start swimming. While I was swimming, I don't know what happened. They told me that I got hypothermia. I was swimming back to the island. I had one kilometer to finish, so I had swam like six point five. So I had one kilometer to finish and Did then you now, I felt getting warm and from that point that's when I started thinking that I would never swim again. After that what I remember I found myself in a shower. So when I got like when I got warm I asked if I finished my swim and the people who were there, they told me that you didn't complete it and I felt so disappointed from all the training which I did. So I went home to the homestead where I lived, the next day in the morning I had to start swimming. Like I believe if life knocks you, you have to knock it back so I was like I have to do this.
0: A lot of people wouldn't have tried this again. It's hard. It's really, really difficult. But less than two months later, Arafat Gatabazi was back in the water.
1: So what happened to me first, before I even jumped in the water, I felt, can I tell Tony that I'm not feeling well when you're on the island already? And I was like, no, I don't disappoint anyone. And dressed up and jumped in the water I had like terrible feeling of when I was swimming because when you're leaving the island, there's like rocks under, the <laughs> and every time I looked on them, I thought there was like a well under. Uh, <laughs> it took me like ten minutes to get rid of that, and after that, I was like swimming, saying, "No matter what, I have to finish this." Did you have
0: the same feeling? Did you get Did you get cold? as you
1: got closer to the shore? Um, actually, like for me, what I believe now, you can control your mind. Like, if you have what you're going towards to. Like, what I think, on the first time when I did it, I wasn't so focused. But on the second time, because I knew like I wanted to finish it, mm-hmm. I didn't even think of the water being cold after the 10 minutes which I had like those thoughts when I started. And after that, I felt like the water was warm. Except when I finished, I got so cold. <laughs> how did it feel to
0: walk out the water into that beach?
1: <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. My English is not so good to say words, but I actually cried like in my swimming goggles, but no one saw it. Lucky me. <laughs> yeah, and. That was, like, the great feeling ever, like, in a long time since I got in South Africa.
0: The wind kept blowing hard on that beach, and I was glad, like Arafat was, about his goggles, because it was an excuse not to explain why my eyes were watering. And I wondered what his mom would say if she knew what he'd done.
1: Yeah, first of all, my mom, would be, like, so worried that I'm swimming in such water, like, where there's sharks and other creatures which we don't know about and she wouldn't want to lose me so (laughs) if she was there she could say well done my son but you're not going to do it next time you must find something else to do
0: (laughs) even though it's been years since he saw his mother Arafat says she is still his biggest inspiration.
1: Yeah, she raised me with my sister and my my two siblings alone, and she did a lot of hard work so that we can grow up, which a lot of people struggle to do, and she did it all alone. So I said, if she can do this, I can also be able to do something.
0: I asked him if he was born like this or if he became like this, this man who could find light on the darkest of days, and he laughed at me.
1: So, like what drives me actually? Yeah. the things which happened to me it didn't happen to myself alone there's a hundred of other people who it even was worse, so like for me, I can say feeling sorry for myself, it wouldn't like be a good thing to do them It's like people who are maybe even still they who are like in the worst situations, yeah, and That's, yeah, like, I just try to forget about everything and live life.
0: We watched the sunset on that windy beach, walking back through the icy water on the shore, close to the thing that makes us both happiest, nature's swimming pool. And when we got in the car, we both had sand on our feet, but I had much more. I had had a life lesson on dealing with doubt and fear from a 20-year-old expert.
1: Like, for me, what I believe is you will never be able to achieve something if you never set a goal. So, if you set a goal and you work towards it, not the goal coming to you, you find it, that everything for you will be success. Or if you want it as bad as you want to breathe, that will be like, yeah.
0: And do you ever get scared?
1: Like for me, sometimes I don't believe Scared is almost the same as fear Mm -hmm. I don't believe like fear exists sometimes Yeah, because it's something which we just put in our mind And then say, oh, this is going to make me scared And yeah, like if you Like for me, my fears, I make them to become positive So I use them to like to do whatever things I want to do it's the same as, like, what happened to me. It doesn't, like, really matter now. I use it to do good things. Yeah.
0: I'm Sam Cowan, and I hope you've enjoyed this incredible story. Arafat's biggest wish is to go back to the DRC one day and find out what really happened to his family. But until then, he'll stay here and work towards swimming from Three Anchor Bay to Robin Island as his next challenge, and also to do his first cycle race. We'll keep you up to date with his adventures. But to see some pictures from Arafat's incredible swims to date, you can visit The Adventurers on the 702 or Cape Talk websites. You can also subscribe to the series to have the podcast automatically download to your listening device.